The opinions expressed on this podcast are not meant to be disseminated as medical advice. If you need additional clarification or have questions, consult a mental health professional in your area. Hello, and welcome to 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, the podcast where a comedy writer, that's me, and a psychologist, that's the Steve Olivas. <laughs> dang it, I thought you were setting me up for a that's me on my end. I was not. Not once have not I tried right. to set you up for that. This is more of a train wreck every week. <laughs> The podcast, you really hit the that's me hard. It is. The podcast where me and Steve try to solve your long-running relationship issues in 10 minutes or less. How are you doing tonight, Steve? Well, egg again dripping off of my cheeks. <laughs> but otherwise, I will regain my dignity and move forward with a quiet pride. All right. Well, we can take that quiet pride into another great listener question. <laughs> Here's what somebody wrote in. And they said, okay. How bad is it to fantasize about a coworker or anyone really that is not your spouse? Fictional characters are fine, right? I'm in my late 30s, been with my <laughs> husband for 10 years, and we have two kids. Last year, a guy walks into a meeting already in progress and sits down beside me. Immediately, I was attracted, tingly from head to toe. I never looked up to see his face. I'm awkward, so keeping my head down is my strength. I thought it was fun, a one-off, maybe something I ate for breakfast. However, throughout the year, we would overlap in meetings maybe once a month, uh, and every time I was uh, way too happy uh, when he entered the room. I started to feel really guilty about my reaction to him, and at the same time started to daydream about him a lot. Once, I looked up and he was looking at me. It was two seconds of equal parts ecstasy and shame. I feel like a teenager. A boy looked at me. I have never talked to him and thankfully never had to work directly with him. I am under no delusion that this is mutual, but I have let my vivid imagination outdo itself when it comes to him. How bad is this? On a scale of 1 to 10, how bad of a wife am I? Man, there's some, there's some serious shame issues going on here. Go, go ahead and take it away, the Steve Olivas. <laughs> Boy, you know, if I had co-workers, I would think she's talking about me and my raw animal <laughs> magnetism. But <laughs> let me just repeat a couple of facts because I don't have a pen and paper this week and I'm trying to track the whole question. So just give me yes or no's. Uh, she's 30? Late 30s. Late? Oh, late 30s. Okay. And d does she say she's been married 10 years? Was that part of the description? Yes. And did she say they have kids? Did that? Two kids. A little yes. sidebar. Uh-huh. Two kids. Okay. <clears throat> Later. Okay, my answer changes a little bit now that she's in her late 30s, but together for 10 years is still going to be in my target. So on the, <laughs> the 1 to 10 scale, I think, well, this isn't just your issue, so I'll at least diffuse some of the responsibility here. First of all, fantasizing about someone who kind of rings your bell like a Pavlovian dinner chime, is not is, that's not a bad thing. Everybody has that. Uh, Breakwell's wife has it happen all the time. You can't even imagine. But they, they don't have to draw you in like a tractor beam to the Death Star. Like, the, this is, and you can, you've, the way that she phrased this, I know she understands all this, but I, to, I say two things to this. And there's probably going to be a third because I always do this. I, now that I go back and listen to the shows, I think, well, that wasn't well organized when it came out. But <laughs> when you've been with somebody for 10 years, they, they talk about the seven year itch. <clears throat> and there's a certain truth to that, that that is really the mean where most divorces take place is seven years, but it's a plus or minus situation. And when you have kids and you've been together for 10 years and it sounds like you're employed and I'm guessing your husband is employed also, like 
all of the magic that you two had when you were 27, 28, 29 and dating and being engaged and fiancés, like that all goes away when you have a mortgage and jobs and kids. And all of a sudden you see someone who still who, who rings that bell again, like your husband, I'm sure did. It was the same kind of thing. If, if you would have been 18 when you met, break while cover your ears for a minute, <laughs> I would have said maybe you just didn't date enough to really know who or what you were attracted to. But you were already in your late 20s when you got together. So I think your husband did hit that bullseye for you but it was so long ago and so much water under the bridge that uh, that it sort of got uh, muddy over time and now this guy comes in clean and you think oh so on the one to ten i'd put you probably a three how's that most people will fantasize about someone that hits their sweet spot like that. But what I would say to you with regard to advice is this. This is where the two things come in. Sorry, James. You'll talk in a second. <laughs> sure. Number one, <clears throat> try to limit your exposure to the guy because the more this stays circling in your head, the more big it's going to become for you. Like uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder is actually less true than uh uh, what is the familiarity breeds <laughs> contempt, I guess, is the part of that adage. But the, the more you think about him, the more you talk to him, the more you see him, the more you catch him gazing your way, even though he's looking at like the candy machine over your right shoulder, like all of that just continues to reinforce this fantasy you have. So I would try to limit the exposure to the person just to keep that spin cycle from continuing. And then number two, I would say pick your marriage up, dust it off and try to get a new lease on life here. Uh, create date night with your husband. Remind him of all the things he did that really turned you on. Like over time, you kind of forget because you got other stuff that gets in the way. And it's not that probably, I don't know him, but that he doesn't want to do those things for you. He might have just forgotten or you've just gotten on these tracks that are moving slowly in different directions. And we got to lean it back on course, coax it back on course. So remind him of all the things and give him a chance to kind of get into that zone with you again. Being attracted to somebody attractive will never go away. That's something that'll, it's just part of the human condition. But channeling that energy toward your spouse takes a little bit of work on both of your parts. And so rather than take this, which I think you are, as an alarm bell that there's something wrong with you, I would say take it as an, oh God, I got to do something to keep my marriage fresh. Otherwise, we're going to drift apart and get resentful toward each other. So bring it, make it a marriage issue rather than a you issue. That's what I, what do you, what say you, James Breaker? I, uh, I, I would not even put her at a three on the one to 10 scale. I would put her at a one. I mean, she's never, yeah, I, she, she's never talked to the guy. And one time right. she caught him looking at her and she was filled with shame. I mean, this is, she is, she has really insulated herself, like short of yeah. like finding another workplace. I don't know what else she could have done to avoid the guy. Uh, and it sounds like she's had a, this crush for years and never once even bothered to talk to him. So I don't, I don't think there's any danger of infidelity there. I mean, look, this, this crush was a, a physiological response. It's not like you were out there fishing around for something. This guy walked in, you saw him and your body reacted a certain way. Some hormones went out in your body and you, you know, it, 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 this isn't something you can naturally control. And I think Steve's right. I mean, I think you're going to see attractive people in your life. There's going to be natural attraction there. And the fact that you're attracted to them isn't, uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's like going through a museum and you see something that's, oh, that's beautiful art. It's a... It's, it's just a quality of something. It doesn't make it good or bad. I mean, it doesn't... I, I don't know where I'm going with that, but... <laughs> the, well, it's the, like you and I. We're, yeah. we're works of art, James. We're admired <laughs> well, by people who 
walk well, one by. of us one of us might be but <laughs> yeah well that's yeah, fair i don't that's think fair. yeah but you yeah. you haven't done anything wrong and what really worries me is how bad you feel about this i think you need to give yourself a break and cut yourself a, a little bit of slack uh because i'm sure your husband has seen somebody in his life who he was attracted to too and hopefully sure. i hope he was as wise and prudent as you were i hope he saw this person <laughs> that wow i i kind of feel some attraction but i'm married i've got a good thing going and i'm not going to pursue this in any way i mean he would he had you would be extremely lucky if he's like that. I think that's the start of a solid marriage. And in terms of, you know, the excitement going out of it, I, I think it's great that you've been married 10 years and that you're not, you know, you're not talking about being bored or looking outside the marriage or anything like that. Because I, I do get tired of people who are like, I just don't feel about my husband how I used to. Like, a marriage is not really a feeling thing. I mean, if you're going to be in it for the long <laughs> haul, you cannot rely on your body no, pumping out chemicals at all. I mean, in some, it's, a, it's a commitment. It's a, it's a business decision. It's a life decision. It's a lot of things. Things. It's why you want to marry your best friend. You don't want to marry somebody you necessarily feel absolutely passionate about because that passion's not going to be there forever. I mean, it's even, I, 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 there's like three different kinds of love, they call it, and it's it's chemically based. And the one where it's like you're ripping each other's clothes off, like that's the first to go because you can't live your life like that. Can you imagine, can you imagine a marriage that was 40 or 50 years like that all the time? You, would, you, would, you wouldn't have a job. You wouldn't get anything done. It's just, uh, there's a Never reason it's short lived. It would, it would kill you. So it's, Thankfully, thankfully, things slow down to a more manageable pace, and we're all okay with that. So I think you're doing great. I think you've taken great actions here, and I think you need to forgive yourself and give yourself a break because you have not done a single thing wrong. Any closing thoughts, yeah. Steve? Yeah, I do. Just one, and that is that I've seen enough couples to know that there are two kinds of affairs. And I'm not saying this to freak out the, the writer because I, I don't think she's on either one of these trains. But there are the affairs that are sort of the one night thing where and I've talked to enough people that have been on the road that you have opportunity on the road where no one's ever going to know. There's those kind. And then there's the kind that start like this. Like two people are like, well, we're attracted, but we're not going to do anything. But they're always around each other. They work next to each other. They get to know each other. That becomes kind of intimate because they share things with each other. And then they're like, well, let's just go to lunch once. My point is this. They don't start clubbing over the head each other. They start slow and just keep <laughs> pushing the wall back a little at a time. And that's why I say don't let this become insidious. Just do what you're doing. Limit the amount of um, contact you have with the other person and try to channel those energies back onto your spouse who is ready, willing and able to be your partner in the rowboat. And you know what? It's possible if you do hear this guy open his mouth, all that attraction is going to go away. I think nothing makes people less attractive than being stupid. And chances are, I mean, I mean, how many people do you know who you really enjoy spending time around? Chances are, if this guy talks, the fantasy is just going to be destroyed. He's going to be a moron. It happens more often than you think. Especially the good-looking ones. God, I hate those guys. Aquaman. <laughs> you have you have a thing with Aquaman. That's, I've hey, that. I don't have a thing. <laughs> Anyway, go to his Twitter feed. He has a thing with Aquaman. It's like he has this weird one-way feud, and Aquaman is never going to respond. He's not even real, Steve. It's Mrs. Steve. I'm just, I'm reacting. I'm not right. proactive. Well, if you have a non-Aquaman-related relationship question you'd like to have us address, send in your question to jamesbreakwell at explodingunicorn.com. That's exploding unicorn with the E. And we will do our best to solve your long-running relationship issue in 10 minutes or less. It does not have to be romantic. It could be platonic. It could be parent-child. It could be parent-animal. It doesn't really matter. Send it in, and we will we will take a shot at it because we really had nothing better to do with our time. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
It hurts because it's true. <laughs> this has been <laughs> another week of 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, and that's 10 minutes of your life you'll never get back. <laughs>